Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Today, I have another one of my conference friends on, uh, Charla McKinney. Ooh, did I say that right? No, that's okay. No. Charla. <laughs> I was supposed to be a boy. Charlie, surprise, but I'm a girl. So Charla <laughs> McKinley, like the mountain. Okay, but- you know. The, yeah, this is coming from the girl named Cody. So, you know, right. so uh, Charla has the business beyond personal finance, and I am so excited to have you on today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It was uh, really nice meeting you at the conference, and I love what you're doing. I love that you and I um, have sort of similar stories where we just saw a need and we mm-hmm. jumped in. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, and that's what our kids are needing right now. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about you and like, just, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yes. Well, um, I, uh, am a mom, a former homeschool mom. Um, I've got two kids, 21 and 16. Um, and back when my son was in middle school, he was homeschooled. It was seventh grade. And that was the year that I'd set aside to really teach about money. My background is finance. I have a degree from the university of Texas and I'm a CPA. And so money is kind of my DNA and my, my son, um, and daughter both, but my son is, he was my first really grew up. We were talking about this all the time, but seventh grade was the time where we were going to get really serious about it. And I kind of, I like to treat um, money as a curriculum um, and, and really focus in on it almost like a class. So I started with just the typical stuff that on the market today about kids money stuff. And <laughs> my son was so sweet Um, But he's a typical teenager. He was going to be honest. And he said, mom, this is, this is really great, but this is for poor people. And I'm just not going to be poor. (laughs) I was like, Jack. And he's like, well, I mean, I'm going to be an engineer and they make like 60, 70, $80,000. And so why do I need to buy a $5,000 car? (laughs) And it was in that moment that I realized that he just, he doesn't see it and he doesn't know. And when, when we often hear our teenagers think or say that they're going to be, a lot of times we think that they are to being a, you know, a movie star or being a YouTuber or video game, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that wasn't true for my son. My son genuinely thought Sixty thousand dollars was rich, and sixty thousand dollars is good money. But uh-huh. it's a lot of constraints that adults have that kids just don't see. And so I knew that in order to show him just um, how you know how tough it's going to be, that I needed to kind of create um, a curriculum that didn't exist. And so that's what I did. Um, I used my inspiration was game of life. <laughs> you oh, know, I love we're it. Just go through. Yep. Okay. And you just so guess what my life. inspiration was for my curriculum. Same. 
Farmville. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I love that. I loved Choose Your Own Adventure when I was a kid. Love mm-hmm. those books. And so um, I did that and sort of married it with true personal principles beyond personal finance. It is a walk, 20 years of a student's future. So they, we start at their, you know, 52 and they go to 42 and they, by choosing a career and that career gets paid a certain amount of money. We look with true numbers from the Department of Labor database, if that, you know, they, they can pick any job. And then with that money, they just start designing their life. They pick a car, an apartment, they get married, they have kids, they buy a house, they furnish the house, they, you know, buy insurance, they invest their money, all the things that we would want a 22 to a 42 year old person to experience and go through. I just have them actually do it with budget spreadsheets so that they can see, oh, wow, my income grows a lot slower than my expenses. And at the end of that, <laughs> the end of that reality, um, our advice and the advice of other, you know, intelligent, financial savvy people start to make a whole lot more sense because, you know, if you think you're going to be rich and someone talks to you about negotiating a car or using coupons or you just don't see that that's relevant for you. But when you're finished beyond personal finance, you go, oh, I need to do whatever it takes to save money because, you know, I'm going to have to pay for, you know, a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. So that was it. And Jack, who was pretty apathetic about school, um, he loved it. I had invited some friends over so that they could kind of do it together. And it was cute. They were kind of competing, you know, how much do you have? And you know, what car did you buy and what house did you buy? All of um, we got to the end and he's like, well, what do you mean it's over? I was like, well, it's May. So I'm pretty exhausted. Right. <laughs> he's like, well, what, what happens to 43 year old me? And I was like, well, that's on you, bud, because I right. can't do it anymore. I just kind of knew if I could capture the heart and the attention, teenage boys, that it, it probably something I ought to, um, expand. And so that's kind of my story. That's awesome. I, I, you know, I came and talked to you because I saw someone walk past my booth, holding that your book in my hand or in their hand. Wow. I can't talk. (laughs) And I was like, what is that? Can I see it? Can I get a picture? Where'd you get it? (laughs) Cause I mean, you know, in booths, you don't get out very often. So I'll find that later. And, um, I came down and talked to you. And my first thought is I have two kids going into their freshman year this year. Perfect. And they're having a hard time kind of embracing this next level learning. Uh And so I'm like, if they understand what they really need to pursue the rest of their life, that they might get a little bit more serious about their, um, education right now. That's exactly right. I mean, that was literally my thought is my son had big dreams. You know, every time we go to a conference, like these conferences are in nice places. And my son will walk into the Gaylord law, you know, or the Kalahari lodge or the, you know, something. And he'll go, oh yeah, 
oh yeah, this is right. This, this is what I like. And then, you know, other times, you know, when we travel as a family, you know, we usually stay at like the courtyard or, you know, something like that. And right. <laughs> ah, why are we staying here? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Um, it is an insight into who he is and what he wants his world to be like. And I just feel like if you're going to have a high standard of living, it is as long as you understand that has to be paid for. And there's nothing mm-hmm. more frustrating than having a high standard of living and uh, income that doesn't match that. So yeah. I just, I wanted to show Jack, hey, here are your car choices. Here are your apartment choices. Here are your house. Here's, here's a life. Design it and just see what you need. And it's not the same for everybody. There are plenty of students. I've been teaching this since 2014 locally in my area. And I've got students who, you know, <laughs> on the clothing, I always ask, you know, the, the, the thing asks, you know, what kind of clothing do you, are you stylish? Are you blah, blah, blah. And some of these kids choose the socks and underwear budget. And that's true to them. You know, they just, they're not all that into clothes. They, you know, have a, mm-hmm. a very basic car and that's great for them. Um, they also get to see just what level of income they need to support that life. So it's not really about collecting uh, as much money as you ending up on millionaire row, anything like that. It's just uh-huh. a think about your future and what it's going to look like. And then let's put some dollars to it. So you have an idea of what you need to support that lifestyle. Yeah. You know, um, I think back to, I took computer careers over the summer before my freshman year. And we had to do kind of something similar to what you're talking about. We had to plug in everything that we wanted. And then it would tell us how much we needed to make a year to afford that. Yeah. And it was hard for me to accept that because I had grown up on an 1800 acre ranch where my dad drove brand new F-150s. We had a big house and I just plugged all that stuff in. I'm going to have what my family has. Of course. And they're like, yeah, you would need to make, you know, $1.5 million a year. <laughs> I was like, oh, that oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand because I knew my parents didn't make that. I mean, at 14, I knew approximately what my parents made. Sure. But it was through years of hard work and my dad building his business and stuff that he was able to afford that. And I was like, well, I'll just inherit the ranch. So there's uh, that, there's that bill gone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did not inherit the ranch. Indeed. Um, not, you know, for any, uh, my dad retired and downsized and he passed away and my stepmom has everything and that's the way it should be. Right. But, um, my husband and I now have a 40 acre ranch that we worked really hard for. That's right. And we, we don't make a million and a half a year. <laughs> no, no, but you also, I I'm guessing you're not disenfranchised with the whole thing. You don't think, you know, you, you, with your eyes open and, and that mm-hmm. that's the important part is if they're not exposed, you just don't know what they're thinking. And, you think you know what they're thinking because they're your kids or whatever, but they are making some assumptions that they don't always voice. One time I had a kid who, um, a student in my class, they bought a house, you know, in lesson, I don't know, 10 or something like that. They buy a house and 
the girl raised her hand and she's like, hey, what do we do with the utilities number in our budget? Because of course they lived in an apartment before that, right? And so there was a, mm. a number on the utilities line. And I was like, well, well, look, you know, look, what is the house you chose comes with a utility number, just use that. And she's like, well, yeah, but I mean, we own the house now. So like, like, don't we own the water and electricity and all? That's right. She thought they owned it. And, and she's not dumb. Parents weren't talking to her. Like mm-hmm. she just, it didn't come up in conversation with her family or she just didn't lie to her, whatever it was. And these are just, this curriculum just really ferrets out all of these little things. You know, when we talk about insurance, you know, I have them because I kind of gamify it. Uh, they spin a wheel to see what medical event happened to them. They might have a broken collarbone or an, a tear in their Achilles or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so it all costs some amount of money and they have to apply their insurance policy to that medical event. And, you know, they're so for the first time, even though, you know, they have heard the term deductible or copay or something like that at mm-hmm. home for the first time, they're like, Oh, wait a minute. So I have to pay even though I've already bought insurance? Yep. You know, so Mm -hmm. just until they walk through it. And I just, I didn't want my son walking through it for the very first time. And that's what happened to me. And I wasted all sorts of money learning lessons. My mom didn't really talk about this stuff. We didn't have a lot of money. So I figured it out with real with real money. I bought furniture I couldn't afford because I thought I had the money and I didn't. And, you know, the world will tell you, you have the money because you can buy everything on credit. So, um, it's just, it's just dangerous and, and letting them practice life before it gets real. Mm -hmm. It's really important to me. Well, you know, one of the biggest things I teach is the questions that people don't know to ask. And so like you were just saying, the girl who thought she owned the water, I actually just wrote a small ebook on how to move from an urban or suburban area to a rural area. And that's one of the things is you don't have city water, sewer, septic, you know, all these things. And like, I tell people what our power bill is and they're like, how do you afford that? And I'm like, well, but we have a well. And so that's my water bill too. And we have a ranch and we have a walk-in cooler on our ranch. And I have three water heaters because I, you know, have one at the barn for our milking system. And so, yeah, that's. Yeah. And you just a big bill. It's things you don't, it's just things you don't think of. And a lot of times you feel, you feel dumb asking or, you know, you've, you think, you know, you researched it and you read some stuff and you think that's all it is. Oh, yes. Yeah. You you got to walk through it. You got to have a guide. Absolutely. It's, um, and you know, when we talk about this, I've used this example before, but when you just don't know, you don't know. I, when I went to, I think it was Missouri. Yeah, it was Missouri. Um, for the conference there, I had rented a car on an offsite car rental company. I didn't realize it was the offsite one. So Uh I had to get an Uber to go Uh get my car. Yep. I live in an area where Uber is not a thing. Nowhere near me is Uber a thing. And the last time I needed to quote, call a cab, 
was in my twenties and, (laughs) you know, I needed a ride home from a bar or something. And I, you know, saw the number on the wall and I called it. (laughs) So when it was time for me, I like, I'm literally asking like, how do I call an Uber? That's right. And people are like, well, you use an app. And I'm like, I use an app. How do they know that I need a big, I, that I have seven bags with me because I'm on my way to a conference and I need all my supplies. Are they going to show up in a Toyota sedan, you know? And they're like, no, no, you say you want a big car. I'm like, how do I say I want a big car? (laughs) I was, and I actually, a gentleman standing next to me at the rental place, I could tell he probably had enough money, but he like brings up his app and just called me an Uber. <laughs> or oh, I guess he, really he still true. didn't even call. He he requested an Uber for yeah, me. That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's very complicated. It is, we take it for granted when we do it a lot, but that first time, um, and you know, that's what I love kind of about parenting is you're almost, you're seeing the world for the very first time through your kid's eyes because uh-huh. they're doing things the first time. And a lot of times, you know, I, you're just trying to explain things to my kids in terms of them being new to this planet has really helped me think a lot about what I believe and, you know, how things work and why. So I love that, but it, it is, there's some pains there doing anything for the first. It really is. And, you know, it's not that I'm un, an uneducated person. I've you know, I know my stuff pretty well, but when I don't live in an area that that's even a thing, yeah, which is really what made me realize so much of what I'm teaching. If it's not a thing for someone, they don't know it. Correct. Correct. So how, um, how is your curriculum kind of come to be after you decided this needed to happen? Yeah. So I, you know, I just sat down like so many homeschool moms, right. I just had a yellow sheet of paper and just started thinking, what does he need to learn Mm -hmm. and how can I teach it? Um, and so I just, you know, I feel like, I don't know if you've ever played those Lego video games where (laughs) I sit down with my kids and play video games with them just to kind of be in their world. And Lego has a thing and it almost built right before you step onto the path. Does that make sense? Like you can see the little Lego bricks being built as the character. Oh yeah. Okay. It's really cute. So that's kind of what my curriculum, what happened, you know, the, the first step was teaching him about college and careers and how, you know, um, not all careers pay and not all careers are, are worth a college degree and not all colleges are the same and, and not all degrees are worth it. Like all of those things that he just didn't know. So that was kind of, that's lesson one in my class. And I drafted that and and then taught it to him. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as we went, um, it became, you know, I, I wrote it. I started teaching it to locally here. Uh, it got locally, f- not famous, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, and people began to say, I really want to take your class, but you know, I have a conflict and there was only one of me. So I'd finally decided to just on and video myself teaching. <laughs> and that was, you know, Oh, just watching myself on video. I know. Painful. <laughs> oh, it's so painful. Um, and, uh, so I just videoed each lesson and then, um, the book together. And, and then I went to my first North Carolina conference. Um, and, and that was really eye-opening for me. I hadn't gone to a conference as a homeschool 
parent. So I was kind of seeing it for the first time as a, mm-hmm. as a vendor and I, I loved it. And, and then it kind of grew from there. So each lesson that I, that I thought my son needed to know, I just scrambled around and did some internet research and, um, together. And that's how the 20 lessons came to be. Nice. I mean, that was, I, for me, when I was writing my curriculum, the hardest part was the outline. Yeah. Like what order should it be in to make the most sense? After that, I was able to just write it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mine was a little bit easier only because since mine is a walk through a person's life, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I knew how it would, it, you know, it, would, it has a natural flow. Um, first is career, car and apartment. Then they get engaged. Then they get married. Then they have children, you know, all of that. Uh-huh. And, um, as I go, I, to gamify it because I'm trying to, you know, make the point as we do all the time with our kids, Hey, you know, there are, you need an emergency fund, you know, things happen. And so I just, I found this, um, internet site called wheel of names and some sweet lady has, uh, got a free wheel out there that you can, you can use as, teachers. And, um, you know, like if you're trying to decide what to eat, you can enter your choices and then spin the wheel. Does that make sense? Oh, and so fun, yeah. will stop. Um, so I use the wheel of names and, but instead I put, uh, HVAC breaks down your baby poops on the couch, your radiator cracks, you know, things like that. And so every single lesson, they spin a, a virtual wheel to see what happens to them. Um, and that's also a fun, very real way to say, Hey, this, you know, hold up just when you're proud of your savings number, you spin a wheel and you've got to replace your roof. So uh, (laughs) they always, you know, they've got, as I'm in the convention, I've got these, my alumni come up, you know, because people have taken it all over the country now. And, you know, Uh these teenagers will come up and they'll go, Oh, the best part was the wheel of doom, or they've got name, you know, (laughs) you've uh, been bamboozled. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's their best, their favorite part and because not forget it. I, they'll not forget that random things happen. And so I'm really, and this is of course all fake money, but I mean, it's costing them some thousands of dollars and they're coming up with a smile on their face going, Oh, those plot twists were really terrible. That's right. Oh, funny. Yeah, save your money. You never know. Mm-hmm. No, that's, uh, that's what I'm always trying to work with my kids on. And I think my daughter has decided she's saving her money in stocks. She buys candy and hides it in her safe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because she has five brothers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got it. You know, it's, that is an, an entrepreneurial spirit right there. I love it. Right. She, cause she also sells it to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. That's what my daughter would do. My, my daughter had come up with um, a charity she called the, uh, the human fund. And I was like, oh, that's cute. She made a little, a little, um, place where you put the money in. And I think the idea was for her to go out to the to the um the driveway and like a lemonade stand but instead raise money and I was kind of proud of her you know I was like oh, that's cute so then I as she's kind of walking out she's like mom I'm the human <laughs> so she was going like her big idea was to jolly out to the curb 
And so I had, you know, had to, had to rein her in on that, but. Right. <laughs> it's what do you do? Yeah. They come up with some interesting things. They sure do. Yeah. Luckily all my kids, their side businesses that they've come up with have been reasonable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, my, my husband and I were like, I mean, she was probably five years old or something. (laughs) And my husband and I were like, she's either going to, you know, rule the world or she's going to end up in um, a a white collar prison type thing because (laughs) what what is she doing? (laughs) Just call her Miss Madoff. (laughs) I know. That's right. That's right. So my job in that moment, you know, um, I I also write uh, in addition to the, the, I also do parenting advice um, Mm -hmm. from a money standpoint, but just in general, just how to raise an adult. And one of my big things is you've got to raise the kid that you have. You've got to notice, notice their, their problems and walk them through it. And, you know, don't necessarily save them from the trouble, help them navigate through the Mm -hmm. trouble. You know, if you're not good with numbers, don't, you know, if your kid isn't good with numbers, that doesn't mean that they should avoid numbers because those are the victims of credit card people. You know, that's what the credit card companies love is people who who aren't good at numbers. So I speak on that all the time. Don't shelter your kids from failures. That is correct. Teach them how to identify the important things, you know, just do everything that's, you know, that they, that they're terrible at. But mm-hmm. the critical things they cannot skip. Yep. And m- dealing with your money and numbers is one of them. So you gotta you gotta really teach the kid you have. My daughter's a saver, and my son is a spender. And our money lessons are very different because you know if I were to give my daughter an allowance like I gave my son an allowance, she would just hoard it all. And in fact. My son is five years older than she is, and and he is her hero. So she would have just saved all the money and given it to him. Yeah, yeah. So I certainly could not. You know, you gotta you gotta really know what their weaknesses are and what and develop those. Those. Yeah, I agree. Um, my daughter is kind of that same. Like she'll earn money and I'll give it to her, and she spends it all on her little brothers. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, I wanted new shorts for whatever is going on. And I'm like, don't know what to tell you. You spent all your money on candy for your brothers. <laughs> That's right. And it's a beautiful thing because if, you know, for them to, to be broke as kids is way better than broke as 20 somethings. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we all test the boundaries of life, but certainly with money. Um, at some point in our lives. And so the sooner they recognize that tension between what you have and what you want um, and, and, you know, just figure out, do you, are you going to work more to have more money to get the thing? Or does the thing not mean that much to you? But if there's no tension there, then they really can't learn that lesson. I agree. So how is your curriculum set up? I know you have a book. Is it online as well? Or are they just working through a book? Yeah, exactly. So the videos that I teach, there are 20 of them, 20 lessons that okay. go through the 20 years of their life. Each less, each video is about 20 minutes long. Um, we cover a topic like buying a car. We talk about new versus used depreciation, you know, um, leasing, 
things that are typical in the personal finance world. But then, of course, the secret sauce is allowing the student to use their money to buy their own car, right? That That's mm. where they really start learning. Um, so each one of those lessons, the videos, 20 minutes, the homework, sort of picking the car and making the budget um, is about an hour total, including the video. So they're following along in my workbook while watching the video, sort of taking some notes on key points and seeing their choices, like which car, which apartment, uh, house, um, you know, all those. And then they are doing the budget in, in my portal, which is where the video is. There is a hyperlink okay. to Google Sheets. Because, okay. yeah, because, you know, I, I don't, what I really feel like is teenagers like to be treated like they are capable. And um, like an like an adult, and I feel like when we just teach them money stuff like lemonade stand and how to budget their allowance, they really don't get a good picture of what adult money looks like and how adult money works. And mm-hmm. so to see it in a Google spreadsheet is like, oh yeah, this is how this is how adults do it. So yeah. that's I use adult tools. Um, and it works pretty well. The kids, you know, the kids do a great job. That's very, they understand it. Um, the spreadsheet does some of the math, but not all. They still have to calculate their taxes. It's a very mm-hmm. high level. You know, if you make 50,000, you're in a tax bracket and they have to multiply the tax number by the, to get their taxes. Do it so they get taxes are this much. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> It really hits home when it's their money, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and what I really love about our style of curriculums is the kids are learning real life skills. And as parents, we aren't having to create those curriculums. Yes. Because I know like I, even with personal finance, where you were talking about it, you're like, I was teaching my kids and I, I'm a CPA. I can teach my kids this. I know for me, I spent so much time creating lessons for my kids because there wasn't an open and go curriculum for farming that I was not enjoying life with my kids while we were homeschooling. That's right. So I love that there's something like this, that yes, my kids help me with my business. Yes. We're open with our kids about what's going on in our personal finances to an extent, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but to be able to have an open and go that they can work through that I can talk to them and learn with them uh, what they're learning and not have to be creating this myself. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a a guy um, who did a curriculum that um, his name is Larry Burkett and he did money matters. It's um, fairly, fairly old, but um, still really good information. Um, and he had said in his book that to that he understood that this was, you know, kind of philosophical advice he was giving. And in order to make it more real to the to the student, show your kid your own personal budget. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was reading that, I was uh, very concerned. I was like, oh, if I should show my son my personal budget, because my son tends to brag, even though he he might be bragging about something that's not brag worthy. But if he saw how much money we brought in 
Mm-hmm. And all he ever had was $20 a week allowance. He might think our income, he might think we're rich and he might go to, you know, go to co-op or something and be like, well, my parents have all this money, which isn't really even true. So right. this is a way that kind of bridges that, um, or they are money and they are talking about adult money and understanding, getting some perspective without you having to show your budget. Because, you know, the last thing you want is a judgy teenager going, you spend how much on this and all right. in. Uh, that isn't good either. <laughs> I know. This I remember a couple of years ago, we needed a truckload of hay and it was several people in our neighborhood all put the cash together to go to have somebody else who had a truck drive over to Montana and get this truckload of hay for everybody to split. And I, we were going, my husband was drive, riding with the guy to go get the hay. And so he had all the cash and it was this big stack of cash. Cause it was all like, you know, twenties and tens and of just whatever everybody in the neighborhood had given us. And our kids were all like, wow, it's like, we're rich. And I'm like, that's and that's going to get us one load of hay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And often in their stories, they, they leave that part out, yeah. you know, Oh, my dad had a big stack of money, you know, um, hold up. That came from other, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was all of our neighborhood's money. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. They don't always pick up on all of those pieces. Correct. <laughs> and they definitely like, we just came home from the Texas homeschool conference and we had gone down there. We planned it in advance. My twins were graduating from eighth grade and, you know, as homeschoolers, we don't actually graduate. So I wanted to give them some sort of coming of age celebration. So after the conference, we stayed for a few extra days. We went to SeaWorld. They've never been to an amusement park. So that was kind of a big deal for them. Yeah. But, you know, we told them, you know, my husband and I were in the hotel and I was running numbers from the weekend to make sure we were all solid. And I was like, wow, we made X amount. And the kids are like, wow. And I was like, and now I'm going to order all the books I need for the next round. And then I'm going to pay for our tickets to SeaWorld and we might have enough to get home. (laughs) That's That's right. Yeah. And they just, they need to see it in that uh, context that there is more to it. They really do. As if all they ever see is kid size money, then at their first job, I mean, my son is going to college to be an engineer and Mm -hmm. I don't know how much he's a junior. So I don't know how much he'll get paid, but I know it's going to be significantly more than he needs to live for sure. And it'll be the most money he's ever had in his life. You know, his dad and I would have had to work years and years and these starting salaries these days are high, but he's going to feel rich. Mm-hmm. And without this understanding and long-term view of, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to have in the future, it's a house, you know, I'm going to need to buy a cash for a car, you know, without this long range vision for his life, he would probably give 10% away, save 20% and absolutely blow 70% because, and, and still feel like he was being um, a good steward, right? Because he's like, well, I gave it away and I saved some, but when you're 22, you don't have very many expenses, but that doesn't mean it's time for a jet ski, you know, like, nope, 
<laughs> Our 18 year old has been working for three years as an electrician's apprentice. Yeah. He started his first job making $30 an hour at 15. We were like, yeah. oh, this isn't going to go well. That's right. And That's he right. started, he made $50 an hour at 18 and he's laid off right now. Just there's not enough work and he's broke and hurting. And we're like, you made a lot of money and you have nothing to show for it. He even blew up the engine in his truck. So he doesn't even, because it didn't matter to him. He was like, I made a ton of money. I bought this nice brand new truck and I'm going to sit down at the parking lot with all my other redneck buddies and rev my engine until my engine literally blows. Yep. And, you know, he's recently moved out. Oh, I can get my own place because I make all this money and I don't need you guys. And we drove by the parking lot where he was sitting with his blown up engine and we're like, Hmm. Sucks. Yeah. All right. See you later. That's right. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love, you know, my, one of my happiest parenting moments was when my son got fired from Chick-fil-A. I was so happy because, right. you know, he kept coming in. He would never do his laundry. And I don't, I mean, you know, my kids are plenty capable and they can do their right. laundry, <laughs> um, but if they don't do it, I don't nag them. It's theirs. If they want to smell that's on them. Right? right. And so my son never washed his Chick-fil-A uniform and Chick-fil-A has a standard. And I'm sure he got talked to about it several times. Uh-huh. And then finally they fired him. And I, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I just had a big old grin on my face because right. that is a priceless lesson mm-hmm. because he's now learning, Hey, the boss means what they say. The workplace has standards. And if you don't meet those standards, you're gone. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that that's so much better when he's living under my roof at age 16 than it would be when he's 25 mm-hmm. and he has, you know, bills to pay. And, you know, he doesn't show up or he doesn't, you know, he's late or he doesn't turn in work, whatever happens. I think that these kind of lessons, he's so much more responsible now than he was then. But I think a lot of it's because I just didn't rescue him. Right. Well, and that's, you know, with six kids, we have six very different personalities that we're working with. And I've mentioned my daughter a couple of times. She's the only girl (laughs) and she's the type that she gets it, you know, like we're getting ready for a vacation and she's starting everybody's laundry a week in advance because she wants to make sure it all gets through and we're ready to go, you know? Whereas like our son who's 18, he thinks that we make him do things like his laundry to be mean. Mm, That's right. So we're like, yep. So, you know, the thing with the engine, we're like, you got to take care of your rig. You got to take care of your rig. It's a new one's not going to just show up for you. And his engine blew and we were like, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we didn't like leave him stranded. His buddies were down there and everything. We knew he was good. And we live in a tiny town, like 15,000 people in our whole county. So we're like, hmm, yeah, have a nice oh. life. You know, <laughs> we'll see you when we see you. If you have a rig, come up for dinner on Sunday. <laughs> That's right. Because we live 45 minutes from town. So, you know, <laughs> but, yep. you know, at the it's same exactly. time, we still cover his cell phone for him because he has to be able to communicate with us and he has to be able exactly. to look for a new job and those types of things and apparently call people for rides. Uh huh. That's right. <laughs> He's like, can't I just use one of your guys' vehicles? You have two. And we're like, Nope. No, I, my husband runs the ranch and I own three other businesses. Like, and we have five other kids that need to go to 4-H meetings and baseball. And yeah, no, we don't have another vehicle for you. Correct. 
And the quality of your life depends on the quality of your choices. And Mm -hmm. you mishandled the asset that you had. And I did not. So, you know, sure. Would I have loved to rev my engine and look cool? Maybe. I just chose not to do that so that my asset would last. Mm -hmm. So I'm benefiting from that choice. And you made a different choice. And you, yeah. there are consequences of that choice. So yeah, I love it. Yep. Yeah. And you know, he's been that kid his whole life. Like, you know, you make me do my schoolwork because you're just trying to be mean. Well, he started working and he needs to get his GED now to get his electrician journeyman certificate. And we're like, well, you better start working on your GED. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like I said, you know, he's, he has a skill under his belt. There's a lot of electricians in this area that love working with him because he is a hardworking kid, but we're having to, you know, he started doing electrician work at 15 because he couldn't do school anymore. And we agreed, like, I don't know that our marriage would have lasted him doing school for three more years. (laughs) Right. So we're like all about the tough love with him. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's the same. Um, uh, someone had said to me, cause my son, Jack is the same, you know, he just, he just had to kind of, he had to fail in order to learn. And whereas mm-hmm. my daughter is, is watching it and learning from mm-hmm. his journey rather than having to, to fail on her own. And someone said, someone said something we were talking about Jack and they were like, yeah, you know, sometimes some kids just have to pee on the electric fence to learn. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, there's truth to that. Although my 18 year old is the one who we're like, go down to the house and get the fence tester. And he's like, no, I'll just touch it. Oh yeah. It's hot. Right. I'm like, that's the third time this week, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so all... there are those kids too. <laughs> They're all absolutely. So. Oh, well. As we're kind of coming to the end of our time, I want to ask my favorite question of all my guests. And that is, what does keep growing mean to you? Oh, that's, you know, um, for me, I love to, uh, I love to have adventures um, and I love to see the world and get out of my fishbowl. Uh, so for me, I, I love to eat. Um, and so for me, it is just to, to have more experiences and get to know myself and others better. I love it. Where can everyone find you? So my, uh, website, um, again, my, my curriculum is beyond personal finance. So the website is, uh, beyondpersonalfinance.com. And you can see me there. Um, And the first thing you'll see is a pop-up just letting you know that uh, every week I just do one email a week that provides parenting advice uh, that'll come on Wednesday mornings. So if you want, if you want to do that, sign up and join me. I'd love to have you. And if if you want to learn more about the curriculum, you can definitely do that there as well. Wonderful. I'll make sure I link this in the show notes. And I really appreciate you coming on today. And I cannot wait to start your curriculum with my kids. Excellent. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a comment and review. This helps me to know what you're enjoying and helps others find an episode that can help them.
Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing. Thank you.